and the mouse keep running, running, and 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 welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim. I'll be joined in a little bit by Clay, where we're going to be going through a bunch of books, and then I'll finish things up on my own. But before we do that, let me remind you to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And then you can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can help us out for the shows that we have here on the feed. And also... Get a ton of shows in return Each level has more and more Shows that you can get one of the big things Every week The badasses of the Get Fresh crew Beep boop they end up having a poll With all of that week's Marvel comics on it And they end up voting what they Want to have on the Patreon Exclusive spotlight show Two of the books then The highest vote getters End up being on the show That makes sense right and this week, not always the idea of what is the best or whatnot. There's always little bit of machinations involved with the badasses of why they pick things and whatnot. But this week, they ended up picking Eternals Forever, number one, and Kang the Conqueror, number three. Both of those books, I was joined by Brandon, and me and him ended up talking about those. He may or may not have been drunk. I'm not sure I of that. my dreams. I don't know. Who am I to judge? But we did end up doing that almost an hour-long show with those two uh, books. But since I already did mention the badasses to get fresh coop poop, that means it's time to give them a little shout-out, do a little badass roll call here. All right, here we go with the badass roll call. Ted Ropes, I love Punchline. Michael S. Forrest, Pauly Cam, Joseph Watch, Sick Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Matches Balone, Niels Keyword, David Fink, Joey Bear Casco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G., who I just did on our Patreon, our movie podcast. We did the Black Widow movie, so that's there as well. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Alden Stosia, Nick Adams, Bill Abeer, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Dalton Edom, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, my man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, that is Brandone, and Double Aaron himself. So shout out to all that. And another little show that I'm doing with, and I didn't mention when I said, oh, my man Matt Razor, he is Matt, Dr. Matt, who I do the Star Wars podcast with. We also started a new podcast on the Patreon that we are going through the crises and events and we started off and we're going to jump back and forth each week we're going to jump back and forth between marvel and dc but we did start with the original secret wars number one this past week so that's on our pitching with a bunch of other things just go over and check that out again patreon.com slash weird science but enough of that enough of paying the bills without any skills because we're going to go off now 
And me and my man, Clay, are going to talk a couple books and now. All right, let's kick things off with my man, Clay. What up, Clay? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Ah, lovely. And we have three books here. Three books going on where, I don't know, some of them are good. We'll see. We'll we'll talk about it. We're going to be talking about Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, and Shang-Chi. We're starting with The Amazing Spider-Man, number 76, written by Zeb Wells. Art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Marcelo Menez, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. Peter was reminded that he's not the only one with these powers and morals when his clone Ben Riley swung back to his life wearing his own Spider-Man suit. It turns out Ben is working for the Beyond Corporation, which recently bought the rights to Spider-Man's name and likeness. Again, almost like the threats and menace to sort of thing we said, but at least we're getting away from that i nobody can trust this beyond corporation i the the, they are up to no good but ben has agreed to be their corporate sponsored spider-man with or without peter's blessing when the ufos attacked empire state university both spider-man sprang into action ben's high-tech suit protected him from the ufos poisonous gas and radioactive blast but peter's normal suit didn't and yeah i think that this issue it, it makes it right between ben and peter and if you were waiting for Oh, man, I thought Peter was going away. I thought he was going to be around. Well, you you should read this issue then because it looks like he is leaving us for a bit going into some sort of coma that I think will be more than that. Obviously, we'll probably be following him in whatever form to where he goes. And they give like a weird hint, but I don't know if it's even a hint of what's happening. But you do start out and you find out Ben has called a bunch of people, MJ. And Aunt May in particular That Peter is in trouble Now you go to the hospital And Peter's in bad shape And this doctor I don't know what this doctor thinks Because there you go You have Ben come and bring Peter Not saying hey I'm Spider-Man I, You know all this stuff He has taken the suit off As we see later Because he doesn't want to show Peter's identity And also I think this is personal stuff He doesn't want this to be broadcast To the Beyond Corporation but this doctor goes like, hey, it looks like these t- he's got toxicosis or some kind of radiation poisoning, maybe both. And then Ben says, well, my, uh, you know, HUD said that it was this and that. And I'm like, if I'm a doctor, I'm, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean HUD? What, what is this heads up display you mean that is pointing out different sort of chemicals and stuff? And then the doctor just goes, hey, you guys on the drugs. I'm like, oh, this doctor, he kind of annoyed me a bit. Like, with with that kind of radiation, as a doctor, I'm thinking, what in the world did y'all get into? Not necessarily where y'all on. Like, there's there's no drug that's going to give off that much radiation. Yeah. What, what, what are you doing? Mainlining the Chernobyl extra? I, I don't know what he <laughs> thinks. Like, what do you think is going Now, this is a weird, different sort of universe or whatever, but what, what is there? Radioactive heroin that he thinks they're going? Uh, just the idea that this guy who's just his brother says ionizing radiation. Yeah, that's what my HUD said. A- and amatoxin, maybe. I don't know. I had to turn it off as a time. I'm like, what, what are you? Because again, If you take somebody into a hospital, you end up getting radiation poisoning. I take you into the hospital so that I'm able to go in the room with you. I say, oh, I'm his brother. We go in. I think one of the first things they say is, where the hell were you guys? Like, what was he exposed to? And they're saying this, but the idea that it's like, what are you guys on? I'm like, what? And you end up having Mary Jane 
bust in like, hey, Peter just called me. That's impossible. He's not able to call anybody right now. And we see that it is, you know, Ben called with the same thing. And I said to you before, it's kind of shade because Aunt May, when she gets the call right away, she's like, that was not Peter. MJ's completely fooled. She's there. So Aunt May knows about she raised them. So you have that. But through this, Peter's having problems. He jumps in and out of consciousness, stuff like that. And you do end up having him seemingly have the spider sense that something's wrong. Well, yeah, something is wrong. You're poisoned. But is it beyond that? That's the big thing that I want to know, because would a spidey sense go off just because you have that poison in you? Or is this like something more, you know, behind the scenes that we're going to have to figure out? Because it was kind of odd for me. Because, yeah, at this point, I'd be like, no, no crap. Spidey sense. Yeah, I, I found that a little weird. Like, because I know what the Spidey sense is supposed to do. It's seemingly supposed to show that, hey, I am in danger. But we already know this. We know that he, and it's usually played off of like a, either a, uh, a page turn with the Spidey sense, especially in the comics, or like a big splash page. Something that's like, oh crap, like this is happening right now. Here, like, I don't necessarily think the Spidey sense would be like, hey, just a reminder, you are dying. You're dying. You're poisoned. But again, maybe it is because it is a foreign thing inside. But it's it's one of those where. Again, I think the Spidey sense kind of works with you and stuff like that, where, yeah, if there's a truck coming at you, a lot of times, you know, the Spidey sense doesn't, when when Peter's swinging around, when Spider-Man's going around and all of a sudden something's going to hit, that's not usually, like, that Spidey sense would be going off all the time. I mean, you could end up, you're going to go walk across the street, the Spidey sense, oh my, there's cars here, I would be hit if I walked in front. This did seem a little more, even though maybe it's just the idea of, Oh my god, really bad things are happening Like, oh my god, it's it's going there But it is inside his body As it would be, this radiation, this outside deal uh, When we have that going on You do get reminded And this is where I like the issue And I, I saw some people don't really like this issue as much But when you go back to Beyond Tower And you have Marcus and Janine Sitting, waiting for ben, They're mad, you know, he hasn't been he, he doesn't have the suit on. We don't know where he is. He does end up showing up then, and they pretty much give him crap. More Marcus says, you can't take the suit off. This is the plan. This is what you're in. And I like that right away. I, ben is already like, Ooh, this isn't really the greatest thing ever. Like You can tell that he doesn't necessarily want to do it this way, but this is the way he has to do it. Uh, but I, I did like that as Marcus just says, ah, whatever, get ready. We're going to go after the UFOs. They're making us look bad. But also, I'll, I'll schedule some therapy uh, with Dr. Kupka. I'm going to get out of here. And I, I did like that interaction to show Ben, you know, is so upset at this moment. But now it, it, it's basically being upset and then having to realize, oh, God, I got to go to my job. And, and this is my job. And I think the idea of Spider-Man being a job, that that's not going to work out well. That's not what Spider-Man's about. And I think Ben's already realizing that. But we said last issue. He has to do it. Janine gets out of jail because of this. This was to get his loyalty to the Beyond Corporation. And he has to think, they'll just throw her back in. And, and he has all the money. He even says later, like, I'm not used to getting what I, I want. And so I did like that. I mean, do you like this whole part 
I do. I think it does bring in, especially last issue, uh, with we saw, I had, I had made the comment, like almost mirror images of how Peter and MJ were dealing with things and how, uh, Ben and, uh, and Janine have been dealing with stuff. I think there always has to be a character on the sidelines for the hero, just like for Janine and Ben. I think this, I mean, it, it has stakes because like you said, they could throw her in jail. But then you're like, ah, well, they're in the side business of being a hero. It's all about ethics. Not really. You know, we, we see th- these things kind of happen all the time in comics. But I do think that it's a big motivational thing for Ben is to be like, hey, you're out now. We like we can live our lives. We can be better than we ever were kind of thing. And having his life with her is what is making him be like, okay, yes, I am wanting by because by the end of this, you know, kind of jumping ahead, but not really. Ben does go to Peter and like, hey, I know I said I wasn't asking before, but because of everything that's happened, I know I, I, I was in the wrong. So I'm asking for your permission. And the same thing with that, like he is wanting to do the right thing. So that right thing, quote unquote, would be living a more wholesome, better life with being Spider-Man and making a better life for him and Janine. So I, so I do think that she is a big motivation thing for him, which means things can happen to her. Which I think would, some things will. That's which the will problem. change his life dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have that, too. And I, I think and maybe it's too quick because this is just two issues, but. You really get the sense, or I got it in this issue of Ben last issue. Oh my God. Hey, Peter, check out this suit. It's so awesome. I have this, that. He's a kid on Christmas morning, you know, with all these presents. He gets to do what he always wanted and he's got extra stuff. Maybe it's too quick to go to the deal, but I see Ben right here, even in the scene when he is really down and Janine's, what's wrong? What's going on? He says, it's, it's Peter. I don't think that in his mind he thinks that Spider-Man, either him, Peter, whatever, can get hurt, can actually be in the hospital and almost at death. And even then when they do end up where MJ, you know, goes and kind of yells at Ben in a little bit, the idea of what did you do to him? Well, he didn't. The UFOs did it, but Ben kind of did because he ended up getting involved in this. And he went there and Peter had to follow. He wasn't really prepared, all that. And Ben ended up in this thing where Ben is kind of the indestructible Spider-Man and didn't even think to help Peter because Peter just has a regular old suit on. And I think that this gives you those stakes as well, that not only is, you know, if I don't do this, I don't get the money. Janine goes back to jail. But the idea, oh, my God, like this is actually not a game. This isn't a fun time. This is actually, you know, the stakes could be dying and Peter looks like he could die and i thought that it was really well played out that's and it's kind of between the lines type deal but i thought that that was the best part plus you're getting an issue where you know spoiler alert peter looks like he goes off into a coma and you do end up having the the people around him that love him but at this point you know there's only mj and, and aunt may it is kind of a sad thing there as well where this could be Peter dying, and yet through all of that life and all that busy, he ends up having two people there, and that's it. And 
even then you have it that he could die again we know that eventually he'll be coming back but you know, everybody in this Nick Spencer run, oh, my God, one more day. We're going to have the marriage back and stuff like this. And then all of a sudden, that could be ripped from us, you know, fully with Peter dying. I thought it was well played out. And I thought that the way is, and still, I say, silly to think that Peter's really going to be dead forever, whatnot. But I, I found that this had some some stakes to it. And I actually had some feels. Aunt May is great. She just comes in and starts demanding, you know, (laughs) I want this. What's this doctor's name? And even at the point where the doctor said, hey, I had to push her off on the radiologist because she was going to, you know, beat me up. But I better go check to see what's going on because he's probably dead. And I like that because Aunt May is the tough deal, is the backbone. MJ's there to be like, oh, my God, Peter. And even when she says, oh, Peter, and he realizes she thinks that. You know, I'm I'm in big trouble. I'll be okay. He's not going to be okay. And with that, that you know, Marcus says you got to go and get the UFOs. We're going to set this up, and he does go to get the, the equipment that he needs. And again, this is where I think that some people will say, "Oh, this is just a setup deal." This is, just, and I agree with Misty and Colleen, who are just there to hand him. Oh, you're going after X-ray. Here is some vacuum bearings. Here's some chaff, lead chaff for x-ray. Here's some vacuum bearings for vapor. And that's it. They're done. But Marcus is like, okay, get going. You got to get going. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to go off for a second. Again, he thinks that I'm Spider-Man. I, I, I'm I, used to doing things as I want. No, he's like on the time clock, but he doesn't want to be. And he just leaves then and says, no, no, no. I have to go off. And he does go to see if Peter's okay. MJ flips out and MJ's like, what did you do to him? You go with this because I even like this scene because it does show MJ's tough. But this is the scene of the book where Ben does ask Peter to, yeah. to be that, you know, she is so upset. She even says like, uh, like just throwing this out there. She's like, uh, maybe you could have just stuck around and helped Peter rather than just leaving him at the curb of the hospital and just like dipping and I mean, technically he did stay. He was like, the only thing he didn't want to do is he didn't want to be there when both Mary Jane and Aunt May were both there in their full, you know, yeah. And I, I do like this because there is growth here. You know, you were just talking about how there's a moment where, where Ben kind of thinks that Spider-Man is invincible. This, at this point, he, he genuinely, what's the word uh he 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 watched peter like basically almost die in it with radiation he get, you know got blasted with radiation now he's in the hospital and yeah peter's throwing up this whole like oh i'm fine everything's going to be fine you know a couple days i'll be back on my feet and i think because of that that's what makes ben realize okay well if this can happen to Peter, it can probably happen to me. And I need to take it a little bit more seriously and be a little bit more genuine because I wouldn't be here without Peter. And so that's why he goes and says, hey, I know I didn't really approach you in the right way last time. But I am now asking and I need your permission. It's it's not a, hey, can I ask and, you know. I'm going to do it anyway. It's, Hey, I need your permission for this because without your permission, I'm just, you know, a big phony and I, I can't, I can't do it. And that's where Peter's like, 
yeah, you know, you like everybody's going to be, you know, their own worst enemy or their worst critic or whatever. But if, if you genuinely want to do this and do it for the right reasons, you know, kind of taking a jab at the whole, like, Hey, you're getting paid for this. So is that really like the best thing to do? As long as you are Spider-Man and not been big headed Spider-Man, go right ahead. And he's like, all right. And he walks out with this like big grin. He's like, all right, I am, I'm going to live the life of Spider-Man. And then at that moment, that's when Peter was like, okay, is he gone? Is everything good? Okay, cool. Because I'm not doing so well. And that's when he starts getting into like cardiac arrest. He like starts to like seize up and everything. I, I do like this. Now I, I did kind of a little bit roll my eyes. Uh, at the point where the doctor's like, oh, he's slipping into a coma. Like, do you really know that he's going to be in a coma? Or is that or is that just strictly for the readers knowing like, okay, now he's going to be, you know, in the hospital for a little bit longer knowing that he's now in a coma? Yeah, it's funny because the doctor, you're there and you think, oh, my God, he's going to die. He's slipping in a coma. Oh, oh, well, that's not as bad. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> and the thing that I like about this, too, in this scene, which I think is the best scene, because like you said, this has been realizing, OK, Spider-Man's more than just getting a paycheck. It's more than just, you know, having these neat gadgets and suits or whatever. And I was kind of a jerk. But I also think that it is him when he goes back. Because he leaves, he he ends up slipping out. Mary Jane, he, he doesn't even say to Mary Jane, well, I was here, I was checking out, I was doing that. When he goes back like this, he has to expect that Mary Jane and Aunt May are still going to be there. He is not, it, it, he ran the first time. I don't, I can't face him. I, what do I take? Whatever. He goes back and I think that he fully, fully knows that at least one of them, if not both, are going to be there. And he is, he has to do this. And I love that the idea that before of, hey, listen, when Peter says, I don't think you should be Spider-Man, you think I'm asking you? I'm already on the clock. I'm already getting paid. This is beyond that. And it's funny. I keep saying beyond because and it's the beyond corporation. But it is. This is more of I got to make this this right now. I, I, I can't just look at this as, you know, hey, I'm Spider-Man now. Screw you. We're going to do this and all. But he ends up, you know, getting that permission. and then. Goes up now. I do want to say too, and I know that if you went through this whole issue with the Spidey sense going off constantly, it would be odd. But again, remember when Peter is just laying there talking to Ben, Mary Jane, Aunt May, he's still poisoned. He still has the radiation going. So the idea for me when he seizes up and again the Spidey sense, what, what now the Spidey sense all is reminding you. I think that there is more, especially with the idea of this inside me. You know, I got to go somewhere. I got to escape. I got to get out of here. That he either knows of a way or what is happening. It's more than what we think. But he end up having Ben's like, all right, now it's back to business. And I am taking this personally. And with that, you ended up before having you know kind of funny quips these are like just straight up action movie deal when when ben just busts into the human or the ufos and he ends up having the stuff that misty knight and colleen wink gave him and just boom boom he's not playing around he ends up taking out x-ray right away vapor she is just dissipating in these vacuum and they just get taken down and you end up like oh my god you know what's going on with you and he's like i'm good uh, you know, I hell yeah, I'm Spider-Man, and you have a pretty bad butt ending where he's standing there with those big 
gauntlet guns that he was using and stuff. I'm like, and yeah, I think I, I, that is more of an homage to what Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider Man had. Uh, he had like the little like what were they like the wristbands? Yeah, I think this is like a small homage to that. And if you're going to do this, you're going to have Ben Riley, so you're already having a different Spider-Man anyway, but make it, you know, visually cool, make it something different, make it with the deal. And it, it makes me wonder when you get through this, will we have these twists and turns? And there's Ben Riley fans, but how are you going to get it so that when you're done with this, people are going to want Peter back? Because right now, after the Nick Spencer stuff and whatever, I'm in. I I, I like that. There's like been this. a it's lot new. of buzz around Ben Riley already. Like a lot of people are really liking this. Yeah, and so and and they even have some stuff with his own book stuff, whatever. But right now, Peter's in a coma. Let's see how that goes. But I'm enjoying Ben, and I even like that little progression of two issues that shows some growth uh, in a way that I think is even more subtle. Then a lot of times, you know, it's not thrown in your face, but I, I really like it. I'm, I'm going to give this, and I think the art's great. I'm going to give this, I'm actually going to go up to an 8.8. .8. I was at like an 8 to an 8.5, but talking about it, I'm going to go up a little because I'm really enjoying it. Uh, what would you give it? Man, do I really want to do the same thing that Luke Hollywood <laughs> You're going to go to, I almost went to a 9. And, and just go two points ahead of you. No, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the 8.5. Um, it's, it's not that I'm more negative than you. I just think that it, for what it is, it's very solid. I think there was some things, uh, just the nitpicky stuff, like we said, the, the whole coma thing, the spider sense. I do think that there needs to be a little bit more explanation of like, and see, I say this, but I'm not entirely sure if I want to like want it to necessarily linger if this is going to be a Ben Riley book. I don't know if I want more of like, like you were saying, is, are we now going to be like in the mind of Peter Parker? And like, is he going to be struggling with something? Like, I don't know if we already had enough of that in Nick Spencer's run with uh, Kindred. So it's like, ah, do we really want that or not? I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I just want more Ben Riley, I guess. So Yeah, I do too, and, and I'll agree. And I didn't want to go to a nine. I almost did, but I didn't <laughs> want to because I think I did like the last issue a little more. Now, the thing that, that worries me, and it's kind of funny when you were talking about it, it does remind me at the end of the, and we're going to the DC side of things, the, the DCYOU, where you ended up right before Rebirth where Batman, Bruce Wayne died. And you end up Jim Gordon takes over with the big mecha suit and whatnot. And... While people didn't love that, whatever, you brought back Bruce, even though he didn't remember things, too quickly. So then you don't take the Jim Gordon and the Batsuit deal, you know, as much. And, you know, you, you just like waiting for Bruce to come back. And I think that maybe, Peter, going in this coma, it, it would be better served if we don't see anything of that for a while. That we end up being able to just deal with Ben. So you're not just thinking, okay, well, that means this because Peter's going to be back. We know he will be. But maybe it would be better served to just deal with Ben. And I, I, I'm having fun with that part. And I'm with you. I don't know that I need to go in the mind coma deal for half of every issue. So, so hopefully that is not the case. I, I don't really know from the solicits or whatnot. But, yeah, I, I, I do like it, though. I don't like the next issue. We're going to go. And this is going to be quick. I'm not going to spend that much time on this. I don't know about you, but we have Avengers number 49. It's written by Jason Aaron, and it has art by Javier Agaron and Flaviano, colors by David Coriel, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. 
Gorilla Man struck a secret deal with the Winter Guard, allowing them to kidnap Hulk and bring her to Russia. There she stood trial for her role in the destruction of the Red Square. After being found guilty, Hulk was imprisoned in the infamous Red Room, where she was fed upon by vampires and brainwashed, <laughs> brainwashed transformed into the Winter Hulk. I'm just sitting there reading this, knowing that the first sentence after I get done this overly worded intro is none of that mattered. <laughs> she carried out her new programming, cutting a swath of destruction across the globe. Along the way, she captured Gorilla Man, dragging him with her as she traveled to the Atlantean Zone to carry out her ultimate mission, assassinate Namor. This submariner and the Winter Guard's Red Widow isn't far behind with the mission of Rome, destroy the entire Atlantean race. This is all the idea where Jason Aaron thinks that, ooh, get this, this cleverness is what you end up having is the Winter Guard seemingly brainwashing, turning Jennifer into the Winter Hulk. They're going to send her down to Atlantis to fight Neymar. In the meantime, drop a nuke, gamma ray bump, whatever, and destroy all of Atlantis so that it will be blamed fully on Jennifer. And then they get out scot-free and all the world, all this stuff going on. In the meantime, Jennifer has not really transformed into the Winter Hulk. She is herself, and she ends up saying that and starts to fight back, tries to get the Avengers to assemble, and that's when you had the Red Widow, then becomes the Red Widow Hulk. And everything is just a, and the way that this is played out is through narration that is both a conversation between Jennifer and T'Challa, but also through these, you know, files that have been done and we think this and that and i'm like i was so bored the art i think is really good every page sucks that this book looks so good and yet every single time i read the dialogue on this thing it just makes me angry yeah it makes me angry i'm telling you i went back at one point because i'm reading i read every panel i read every narration box everything I went back to see something. I forget what it was, but I went back to see, okay, when, oh, it was when, when Jennifer at the end is trying to grab onto this bomb. I'm like, did they have the bomb before? So when I went back, as I was going, I realized that because of the over narration and dialogue that I actually missed some of the good art. And that's one of the, the problems. If you have, I actually went to a page. I'm like, I don't remember seeing that. It's because it was a page that was filled with narration boxes. And by that point, I was just angry and just like really like you have the problem with Jason Aaron doesn't ever want to write the Avengers. Now it's like an issue that everything that we had leading into it meant nothing for a dupe just to get the hell out of this at issue 50 next issue. And you're almost out of it now. I mean, you have him next thing he's doing this dark multiverse type of it. It, he just doesn't want to be writing this book. And I got just... really excited and then really sad at the end of this book. And the reason why, it says, to be concluded. And in my head, I was like, holy crap. Is <laughs> Jason Aaron? Run. I thought, is Jason Aaron off this book? I did yeah, a quick done. Google search. No, not happening. It made me so infuriated. And I- next Next issue, I, just, I want to point out that next issue, it's Legacy Issue 750, and they have, like, a cover there. The cover, that looks cut, like, all right, let's go. This is a, And I know that he's going to muck it up. I know that he's just going to end up, you know, pushing into his other stuff. But I, I really I want to like the Avengers book, and it sells still, but I don't see many people caring about it or talking about it because 
really this all comes down to I I like that there is a shout out to the Invaders book that when we first started this podcast I was really into, but now it's full out a Namor story of how Namor is screwed around and screwed everybody, and now he's got. I, I just want the Avengers, and and if it's Namor, let's have the Avengers go against Namor, not the the you know underhanded twist of oh my god Jennifer's herself. The best though is that in this T'Challa talking to her, hey, you know you haven't been yourself this whole run, and and I keep thinking, okay. Is this Jason Aaron saying that he made an awful, awful She-Hulk this whole time on purpose? Or is he trying to retroactively say, well, you didn't like my She-Hulk, it's because of this. But holy moly. I, <laughs> so I I think this is genuine. I think this Avengers run is the extreme negative when people say right for the trade. Because he legitimately thinks of a story that is either five to six issues and he writes that story and then moves on to something completely different, irrelevant and has no connective tissue from one story to the other because we just move from one thing to another. And again, we keep bringing this up and I think it, it does definitely show in a run like Jason Aaron's, but like I understand it being hard for a Avengers or a justice league or a teen Titans or an X-Men to seem like that every issue is not like a world ending yeah, event yeah, yeah. because there's such like this book is called the earth's mightiest heroes. Like they're not just going to be freaking saving cats out of trees, you know? So I understand that it can be hard, but it can't be this hard. I know. I mean, even in the, in the intro, they do. The Avengers are born to fight the foes. No single hero could withstand, but they're never together. And the funny thing about this is you have that whole Phoenix tournament, right? You get Echo. We, we don't deal with her much at all. Instead, you're using that as the ticket into a World War She-Hulk, but using Namor as, like, why isn't Jennifer the big thing? Now we find out it's because it's a dupe and all this, but I think they went too far to get to the reveal of the dupe. Like, stop the dupe before Atlantis is almost nuked. Like, don't get it that at the last second. Go with it before that. But you end up where, like, oh my God, everybody's pissed at Namor because he got, you know, slapped around and wasn't worthy to the Phoenix. And that, like, why is the big repercussions of this big Avengers story that was barely the Avengers then anyway, now leading into Namor, it, nothing leads back to Avengers Mountain and the Avengers. It's always something else. It's always a side issue. And the Winter Guard with Namor, th- these aren't, th- yeah, these are threats. And if I told you, oh my God, you know, the Winter but then I tell you, the Avengers aren't really going after them. It's just a couple of them. You get to see Robbie Reyes has been so underused lately, and he's riding the Hell Charger in, in the ocean just yelling three lines in a panel. Gorilla Man that was set up in this to be this big thing, he just gets knocked over an underwater cliff and goes, maybe I do want to live. I'm like, oh, well, there you go, Gorilla Man. Even that, like the idea is that is punishment that Jennifer Gregg, like, it all doesn't die with me. So he says, oh, I guess I don't want to die. Does he die, though? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's got his equipment on. He just goes down. But maybe 
Because if he, girl, man. if he dies, that must mean that Red Widow is not only going to be a Hulk, but she immediately turns into Gorilla Man. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the, curse. the weird thing. And she doesn't turn to grow up. So I think that maybe that's the wink wink that he is living. Uh, probably, Again, I'm, probably. I'm watching the Hell Charger just <laughs> right in the bottom of the ocean. And around, hey, nothing between you and the Russians. Give him hell, Miss Jen. That's all he does. And then he leaves. He ends up being able to free. You know, Jennifer then to go and fight, but then ends up where the Red Widow ends up injecting herself. Hey, everybody, I'm going to get my injection here. I'm going to get the Hulk blood, and now I'm going to be the Widow Hulk. And then even when she ends up having the deal, yes, sir, your excellency, the Hulk blood appears. I love you. I'm like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Let's go. And then they fight. It's a big but The art's great. The art is is really, really good, though I'll tell you, the underwater thing doesn't help out in some of the fights. I got a little confused. But at the end, it's basically Jennifer, oh, no, I got to grab this bomb, boom, to be concluded. I thought the same as you, but I've already been told on Twitter that Jason Aaron is set in this book for years. That's such a disappointment. I don't get it. I don't don't get it because, again, this is the weird thing, and I I say there's ways to judge a run, obviously. Yeah, people who will talk about it on podcasts or Twitter or whatever. But a lot of times those are the extremes. Somebody who really loves it, somebody who really hates it, right? We're we're one of those kind of. But when you go and see the real stats, and the real stats to me are how many people are reviewing it. Because that means that it's being engaged by readers Ooh, and I have sites, not sites go. Comic rundown yet. Yeah, there's, there's not many at all. It, it's one of those things where Marvel itself seems to be down on the overall, you know, amount of reviews. But remember, sites want to get all the traffic they can. So if they end up having a book that really doesn't get people there, they bail. There are three reviews of this now. And, and we're a day after it was released. Other books, have now again there's weird three things too. reviews and it's yeah, averaging three. at six yeah out of ten that is not good that is now and and with that you end up having only four user reviews and that's at five ten go to something like immortal hulk 50 a big issue but there's problems because of joe bennett a lot of people are against him so there's only three reviews of that but there's 17 user reviews people are still Engage with it and want to talk about it This Avengers book, you get to a point Where how many times can you say He doesn't want to write the Avengers Or oh we're doing this again He has these little, like you said Little trades in there that are so separate That maybe would play out better You know, later Like oh my god, well I just want to see The World War She-Hulk But is this a story that seems like by the end Here we have one more issue of it Is satisfying? Because none of these are. You had the, the age of Kanchu that just everything ends with a thud just to go to the next idea. The guy is scattered with his ideas. I just don't get it. But did like the art. But still, at the end, you have the big deal. Again, Jennifer grabbing the, the bomb, and I'm like, it, there's the cliffhanger. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll see what happens next time. But I'm not, oh, my God, I wish it didn't end then. I'm like, I wish it ended earlier. Uh, but. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Just a straight out 5. It's just, I think that at this point, even though we're yelling or whatnot, I'm pretty ambivalent to this whole deal. I read it, I shake my head and move on, never thinking about it until the next issue. And that's the worst. I mean, you, you don't, that doesn't create buzz. And it's, it's very unfortunate because I think we as comic book fans uh, are 
really prone to what what is the phrase uh, a glutton for punishment because these are some of our favorite characters some characters that we would like to know more about and hoping oh maybe this will be the issue where I get to really hone in on uh, on on Ghost Rider or on Captain America or on Captain Marvel or Thor and it's just not happening now I understand those characters have their own books but Ghost Rider doesn't right now. And so this is the only book that we can see him in, and we only see him in one panel. Yeah, and a lot of times, and, and here's the thing, a lot of people, and there's the argument all the time, the idea of our comics dying, and yes, no, whatever, you had those two schools of thought, some are more involved with not more hatred than actually numbers or whatnot, because they are selling. But right now, the main team books, Justice League at DC and Avengers here, they're, they're both down. And where I get it is a lot of people grab these books because they can't afford eight books. They can't afford seven books. So they'll look at this. But if the writer does their job and like, oh, my God, this Robbie Reyes is awesome. Then you start looking for, does he have his own book? What's going on? And and it's not here. There's no springboard here in this Avengers run to make me think that anybody's like, I mean, just think of everything in this whole series that Cap has done. Is there any Oh man, I gotta get a Captain America book This this is a cool character You don't really get anything You only get these little vignettes You know, these people show up, that person shows up And by the end I'm just like Man, it's supposed to be the big team book And it really, it falls flat Uh, What would you give it? And I was saying about Tom King about the buzz Even when you have bad buzz Tom King will get both He'll get the extreme of both But it's still people talking about Oh yeah, 100% Yeah, Still people buying Even if they're hate buying it Just to see what he does next It is buying it and keeping the name And things going on But this Jason Aaron Avengers I just see nothing I don't see anybody talking about it Even when we come out of Heroes Reborn Nobody talked about that either It's just there And it's a shame But what would you give it? I would also be giving uh, a five for this uh, majority of that being art um, story is not clicking whatsoever. Like I said, I think this is just a, a very poor choice of writing for the trade. He thought of this idea of another world war Hulk and skewed some things together to make it happen. Unfortunately, we still have one more issue to conclude quote unquote this world war Hulk eat event or whatever and we already know this isn't really a world war hulk event basing it off of the fact that she was never even crazed by the red room so it doesn't even matter yeah no it doesn't now you're just and and again here's the deal i'm not expecting the big 750th issue to just deal with this i think that this will be dealt dealt with i mean really quickly and like okay yeah she grabbed the bomb we go and then Let's see what happens next. Uh, and that seems to lead into that big other thing he's doing, this like dark multiverse versions of the characters and things like that, that, you know, multiversal Avengers team coming in. <laughs> Again, we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, except that I'm just underwhelmed constantly with it. And he he's like amazing in the way that he could keep underwhelming me. So he's got that, I guess. But. We'll go quickly through this last book. It's Shang-Chi, number five, and it's Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe, part five. Gene Luan Yang writing DK Ruan on art, Triona Farrell on colors, and BC's Travis Lanham on letters. And you have previously, for hundreds of years, the Five Weapons Society is operating in the shadows, working toward world domination. 
they have intimidated, stolen, and killed in order to achieve their goals. Now, Shang-Chi has taken control of his father's cult-like organization, but changing the society of his father's evil ways hasn't been easy. Shang-Chi's unwavering loyalty to his family has only grown stronger, especially with the return of his mother. But all these changes are put are putting Shang-Chi and his allies on the edge. And you start off, it's this is a really... It, it's not much of an issue. We both said this before. I like the series. I like Jean Luen Yang. This is an issue, I think, that gives you that almost like the final piece of, okay, our heroes are centering on Shang-Chi. They don't think he's good, even though we know he is. Let's try to get a way that you can throw Tony Stark, Iron Man, into it. And by the end, it feels a little light on story, a little bit thin overall, because Tony, again, another dupe. Tony has sent uh, red dot in to try to sell the deadly hand and shang chi a iron man suit right and you know shang chi just says no no i don't get involved in that stuff you know how about you guys sit down enjoy you know the festivities here enjoy the accoutrements and you know we'll, we'll talk later about other things and they're like no we thought you'd do this and he's like no 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 sit down and because i'm gonna get you arrested so you're in trouble and at that point, you end up having a fight, and you see Red Dot and his guys, they're tech guys, they end up growing hands that are guns. Red Dot, I like the idea, has like a laser eye, uh, but they get taken down, and they get you know, pushed quickly. aside. Yeah, very quickly. And it made me laugh, because the idea of this then is that the Iron Man suit activates himself. They end up going and holding Red Dot, and you do end up getting... Takeshi Brothers, Saber, and Esme's sister Dagger. I wish that they spelled out Zhang Zalan in the background, sister staff, who kind of doesn't do much. She's just there leaning against the wall at one point, but it seems at the end she's kind of, you know, been playing things and might be one of the bad gals as well. But you have the Iron Man suit activate. You have another fight. And again, it ends. None of these fights are really that well done. They just end. Because they end up decapitating the Iron Man suit. Boom. Done. In the meantime, you do have Shang-Chi. I forgot all about his mom and those bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, when I read that, I'm like, was there a it seems like the, It seems like forever since we read this. And yeah, his mom's there and she's like, hey, you know, you got me, you know, back here out of the negative zone. And she has just bugs all over. And he's like, don't worry about the bugs. She says that to him. And he's like, oh, my God. And then she basically says, I'm not human, I'm an alien, we'll have to figure this out. Everything's just kind of thrown at you. And this issue seemingly to remind you of some things. And, you know, you end up then, Tony shows up. After the suit's activated, you have that fight going on with the brothers and sisters while Iron Man shows up and says, you stole my suit, I need it back. They go down to prove that it's an okay fight, right? You end up having... Shang-Chi leads Tony into pretty much the armory Then takes his hand And they have the It's okay Yeah, I mean, for for this fight I think that, like you said Mostly this was a story to say Hey, how can we get Iron Man into this book? Because that was the whole point Like we had said that this book was probably meant to be a miniseries But then, you know, there was a lot of traction in the movie So they probably were like Hey, we need to make this an ongoing series so I think that they were legitimately like, hey, how can Shang-Chi fight the Avengers for like this small little like five to six issue miniseries? And, you know, that's probably why it feels so weak right now. 
but then they will probably be able to elaborate it on a little bit more. I think there is going to be something a little bit bigger just because we see that in the very end of this, of this story. And I think, I think it was cool, you know, just to kind of show that like, even in other uh, issues of this series, we have seen that Shang-Chi is not just some pushover. He's going to be able to, you know, hold himself and, and be able to defend himself. I really like the fact that he was, fast enough to like catch the bullet in his mouth in the very that beginning was, of this actually i forgot to mention that and then spits it out to ruin the eye of red that was awesome i i was, was like holy a crap. really cool deal <laughs> i mean that was that was crazy and i i did like that again though you do see that he's a good fighter at least right yes and and you know like you said his sister is hilarious in every single issue they they have a point to kind of just like play on her innocence and also her deadliness and this is just a is a moment of her of her silliness is she's wearing this iron man he- uh, helmet and she's like ah, it's already broken can i you know can we keep it you know kind of thing and he he says like oh well actually that's the most important part it holds so much information i'm gonna need that back that's when he flies off to what looks like the uh Baxter Fantastic Four, yeah, the Baxter building. And that's where Captain America, Spider-Man, and Mr. Fantastic is there. You know, he says, hey, he seemingly didn't do this, but I don't trust him. I think we should still keep an eye on him. This is where I always get a little, like, I don't know how I feel about this because there's so many of these heroes that are like, oh, yeah, we're best friends. It's kind of like what I was saying in, in the last issue with Mr. Fantastic. It's not like all of these heroes have all the time in the world to be best friends with every single superhero within this multiverse or within this Marvel universe. So it's like, yes, you have the, the, the mentality of like, yeah, heroes are always good. They're always on each other's sides. This is clearly like, Hey, even though we fought alongside Shang-Chi, he is now the leader of like a criminal organization. So there's no possible way he could still be good. Like, I think it is a little silly, but I know what they're going for, and I'm just along for the ride. I'm with I'm with you. Now, there's a weird thing, and I think that Gene Luen Yang should spell this out way much more. When you end up having the, the Iron Man suit activate, it ends up, and, and you end up having Red Dot seemingly trying to distract, you know, Brother Saber and Sister Dagger and Sister Staff. You know, hey, you know, you guys are ridiculous, whatever. You have to look where the suit activates, ends up then going and connecting to the inner workings of the building actually goes and gets some information i think that it's so quick and then it's beheaded you end up having it beheaded right when that point it is actually interface and that's the connection then at the end where you see that tony stark was only there to see what shang chi was up to and finds out through that where i said it's not well played out in my mind because Esme puts the helmet on, I need the helmet. That uh, The information he needs is the stuff that they got from there. And they find out he has a cosmic cube, and he's lying about it. But the thing is, is he lying about it? Because they didn't ask him about it anyway. They just came in, do you have my suit? Oh, yeah, I didn't buy that. You know, I was going to turn him in. All right, well, shake on it, let's go. And then goes back and like, yep, they have the cosmic cube. Oh, no, they're bad. I'm like, no, 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 go back again and talk to Shang-Chi. And the thing that Shang-Chi's doing in this that I do like, though, is that 
And it's the way that you can keep this going on. It is the idea that Shang-Chi is trying to make things better, but the only way he can do it is by looking like a real piece of crap doing it. And he can't reveal to the, oh, I'm, you know, and, and that it, it's a little thin. Again, it's a little thin to me, the idea that he can't be like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Listen, I'm trying to make things better. You're really scrolling me up here by showing up like this. I had to fight you to make it seem like I'm still more into, you know, the whole deal, the, the five weapon society and stuff like that, while I'm still trying to take it down, almost like. He's an undercover agent, and then you have cops come. He can't just say, hey, I'm a cop, too. You know, let's go. But it it it, it gets a little thin. And yeah. when they're standing there saying, like, oh, my God, here we go. Now, it is cool at this point that they're all gathered. And, like, you have, you know, Reed, Peter Parker, uh, you know, I guess, and Cap and Iron Man. I mean, all right, we're, we're assembling here. That's cool. And then when you say this, you have to have a real, because we know Shang-Chi isn't the bad guy. So who is the bad guy? Well, then at the end, you'll see, oh, my God, there's a meeting of all the bad people. And there they are. And it does look like that sister staff, Zeng Zalan, that is part of that. That's pretty much going there. And the big play, again, remember it was Brother Saber, Takeshi, that you thought was going to be the guy who turned on him. And then you go, but these moments in this issue are just kind of, like they're there, very like not feeling important when I think some of these things should have been spelled out a little more and, and actually got, you know, oh my God, it's this. And oh my God, they're doing that. And things kind of pop in. Like you said, then it plays off. Well, it's just Tony Stark and he had to get information. So by the end, I was a little down on it. And then I, I love the idea that when you get down and then it's just next, next issue, Thor. Like, all right, we're, we're going down the line. And, uh, yeah, so we'll just continue that. I wonder how Thor is going to be pissed off. What what the hell is going on that he's mad and comes in? But it, it's still a good series. I do like it. And knowing that it's, you know, an ongoing for now, you, know, you can, you know, forgive an issue that seems a little bit like, well, not much happened there. You know, when you're reading a miniseries, you have to give everything, you know, there. But I can I can relax a little because I've been enjoying it like Jean Luen Yang. Yeah, what is this issue... Five, so I mean, four out of five is still good. So I, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with one that's a little bit, and it's not necessarily like a you know crap issue. It's just something that's been a little bit lower than everything else. It almost in a, in a way too. When you said about when I forgot all about it, I'm glad you brought it up catching the bullet and spinning it back. It seemed like another thing with this issue was okay. Do you have a down issue a little? You have some okay. Well, just get like tons of action like the movie. And throw that out. And I'm like, okay, there's room for that. There's room for Shang-Chi to really let loose and, and end up disarming or just handing, you know, the, the Iron Man, right? And also oh, yeah. spitting bullets and with, stuff like uh, that. With what's his name? Oh, you said that in English just for the pun, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought, and again, just to spell it out, Red Dot was hired by Tony to go and, and offer the suit so that you think, and the, that's the thing, you think that they want to see if, if he will buy it, but instead it does look like it was trying to gather information that was just that. But then again, looks like Red Dots at the end. I'm like, what are you doing, Tony? Like, Tony is the bad guy in this issue. And even, like, you know, plays, yeah, Shang-Chi's lying. That, that's ridiculous. I thought we were friends. I'm like, Tony, you were lying too. Yeah, but my lie was for the good of everyone. <laughs> like, now, Tony. But yeah, at the end, I'm a 7-5. I've been really liking that. I could, I, I actually, I'm going to go seven. Yeah, I think I'm, seven I'm gonna, five might be a little high. I'm going to go seven as well. 
Um, like we said, this, this ended up being a kind of non issue, unfortunately, just, you know, a, Hey, how can we put another Avenger in this book and still have it as the title of this trade being Shang-Chi versus the Marvel universe, you know, which it's not a bad thing. I do think that they are still building up to something a lot bigger at, you know, with these uh, post credit sequences or whatever you want to call them, um, backup stories or whatever. Um, we are clearly going to see something big happen uh, as far as the overarching story. So I, that is what is is getting me through the series, which is really, really nice. But also these really nice moments, like we said, with, you know, Shang-Chi being able to beat down Iron Man with freaking vibranium nunchucks and catching bullets with his teeth and all of that. So it's it's still a fun series. Yeah, I like it. I, I actually do like it. I, I Again, it's one of those where I said the opposite of the Avengers. When it comes up, I'm like, all right, you know, that's cool. I, I like reading it. I know that I'll at least have a bit of fun. And uh, yeah, even that, it was funny because I read this in the order that we did it. And after the dupe of the Avengers book, oh, my God, Jennifer was duping them all along and going, then we go in this, I'm like, now, everybody's duping everyone. No, the idea that the whole Marvel Universe could probably be at peace if everybody would just sit down together and tell the truth. Uh, but isn't that life? But yeah, that that is it for me and you and our section. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me, of course, on Twitter at Fanboy Clay, um, on the uh, show notes here, and also in my bio on Twitter. You can find the link tree to show all of the links to all the shows that I am on, that being uh, DC Alliance, Batman News Weekly, Comic Book Legion Podcast, um, of course, this podcast, as well as uh, DC, uh, Weird Science DC, still working on the Weird Science manga. Uh, as well as the Ranger Alliance and the newly added Star Wars Alliance. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, every bit of scheduling is is got to be worked out. The, the <laughs> scheduling for everything that I do combined with your stuff, we got to work everything out. It all comes down to Luke sleeping is what happens on the manga show. He falls asleep and ends up screwing it all. I'm, I'm throwing shade at Luke right now. <laughs> but that is it. And yeah, I'm going to be going off to a bunch more books. So I'll be back in a second with that. And I'm going to start off my section here with Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 31, 
written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Christopher Allen, colors by Guru Effects, letters by DC's Corey Petit. Miles' life as Spider-Man is a constant battle, supervillain, schoolwork, balancing a personal life with his responsibilities as a hero, son, and brother, and friend, and maybe lover. But every time he falls, Miles rises stronger than before. Miles recently survived a run-in with some clones that the Assessor had created after experimenting on him. Miles and the benevolent clone shift were able to walk away in one piece, but Miles' costume wasn't so lucky. After his suit was torn to shreds, Miles asked an old friend to give him a new look. Spider-Man's been busy, but not too busy for a little romance, a little smooching, right? It's funny, too, because I remember last issue, you know, I, I have memory, and the recap was pretty much the same. And when we went into the issue, I think I did mention even then, I want to know what happened to Shift. The clone, the big giant cl- I need more shifts, see what's going on And last issue felt like one of those Not cool down, but kind of, you know You saw Miles going around It was the big one where you had the first story That didn't have a lot going on And then you had the two other stories in it I, I understand that But with that, there wasn't much going on It was a kind of a celebration Let's show Miles being Miles He's a great kid, he helps people He even stops when he needs to get to his date He'll stop for little things like trying to find a dog in the park. And it was really nice. It was really quick. So going into this with the cliffhanger of Taskmaster with both Tiana, Starling, and Miles in the crosshairs. Because Miles finally gets to this date. Hey, hey, I'm late for my date. And gets there. And Tiana's late again. Oh, my God. It's one of those like they both laugh. Oh, that villain and hero life we're in. Oh, my goodness. And it was a nice little thing. The thing is, you don't have Salonina Med going further with it. He did have some stuff that I really liked, you know, as the two were trying to become, you know, undercover lovers and things like that. And I like that they are dating, but you don't end up having, you know, more than that surface level. Even that, like, oh, my God, that hero villain life deal. You could get more out of that. You can, you know, go into it more. And they are kind of conflicted. They are kind of like opposites attract. This is MC Skagcat and Paula Abdul. I'm saying that Miles is the Paula Abdul, right? Because, you know, MC Skagcat was kind of the bad guy there. And that's Tiana. She's the villain. So we'll get that straight now. But when you go, it's just like, oh, my God, you know, hey, I'm late too. Boom. Go to the next thing. And this issue, I, I needed more. Overall, and I was hoping that we were going to get some shift. Yeah, it's nice that Tiana and Miles are going to go on this date. Oh, my God, you have the Taskmaster showing up, and he's going to try to kill them, all that. But that's all this issue ends up being. After that real quick, like, 17-page deal last time, we end up having just a fight with Taskmaster, and that's always cool. I I don't know how everybody feels about Taskmaster. I like Taskmaster. I think pretty cool. Not that one in that Black Widow movie. That was weird. But I like regular Taskmaster. Hey, I'm going to watch some videos and now I'm an expert at things like that. Though in this, he kind of makes it that, oh, I'm fast like Spider-Man because that's what I am. And that's, eh. but you end up where, you know, an arrow comes in. So right there in my mind, this isn't going to be a lethal takedown. Taskmaster can do a lot of things, shooting an arrow and, you know, just grazing Miles. Spidey sense goes off. Miles ends up diving, pushing Tiana away, and then they start fighting. 
Uh, This seems like, in my mind, especially by the end, that this is to separate Miles from Tiana. Now, is it to separate Miles to get Miles? Is it to separate him to get Tiana? We'll find out. One of the things, though, that I didn't quite like, I didn't think Jive that much, is when this first shot goes. Yes, it does graze Miles. And I want to point out that the idea that he got this hoodie-like suit that I talked about last issue, it's already teared and shredded and torn. Teared! Uh, that was the big thing. Get this. Oh, no, now it's got a little shredding on it. I still don't really love this suit, but you end up, Miles, oh, my God, somebody's trying to kill me. Somebody's after me. And usually Keanu will step in and go, oh, look at you, Mr. Big-Headed Spider-Man. Why does it have to be that they're after you? She just ends up defending, you know, almost comes off as, oh, I'm going to defend my man. You know, has the gun. All right, let's go. Let's go after them. As more arrows rain in, Miles is yelling, hey, show your face. Who is this? Who are you? What not? And, and I will step aside a second to talk about the art. There are panels and scenes in this that look incredible. Christopher Allen does some real good art here. It's a little different than what I like in the book. But you end up having some of the scenes, though, don't play out as well. I think that the overall art is really good. Some of the fight choreography, if you will, not as great. And sometimes to get that really, really awesome looking, almost like, you know, I'm going to sign this at a convention panel or page, you end up with the angle real in close. And a lot of times in a fight scene, I, I don't like that. I don't like when you pull that camera in just to see a face, just to see two bodies as arrows are slipping by. I actually like when you have a fight scene, especially with the Taskmaster, that's going to be able to use a lot of different techniques and things like that. I'd prefer. Now, it, it doesn't give you the wow moment thing, but I like when the camera pulls back a little so you can get the full scope of the set piece, the landscape, the fighting, the choreography, all of that. That's just me because really in my mind, I'm not a real visual guy. I, I can barely see. I have my glasses now, but I still can't see. So I'm more of story character, things like that. Art is down the line, but I I can appreciate great art, and this is really good at points. So just as an aside, even when you have Miles, yeah, who are you? Show yourself, show yourself. And then all of a sudden, boom, Taskmaster says, I'll show myself, but it ain't pretty. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of pretty. I mean, in a horrific Taskmaster way, it looks really good. But again, then it's back to the fight. Back to the fight. Boom, boom, boom. Starling's flying around. Miles is zipping around. Taskmaster's jumping, shooting arrows, doing all these things. Ends up shooting an arrow that's more of a, uh, you know, a concussive, a grenade type deal where you do see, and I think that it is pretty good that as this fight's going on, you do see that people are like on, you know, their, their terraces and they're, they're on the fire escapes and the balconies like, hey man, more fun for us. This is great times. And, Taskmaster's going to take advantage of that where they have to kind of, you know, get the fight to a certain place, almost you know, make sure that people don't get hurt. It doesn't get as far as, as sometimes, but then you do get, okay, Miles is there. We need to show he has the venom punch. Boom, he punches Taskmaster. That does send him down, doesn't knock him out or anything. And then Taskmaster realizes I got to use the big guns and sets off this giant bomb type. It, it's it's a almost like a flashbang thing but including visual and sound it ends up knocking out and at least knocking down miles he can't work with this you know big sound and light going on taskmaster says i have 
earplugs, and also, you know, goggles. So he isn't affected. Looks like Tiana, she is out cold. Test message there for her. That's the big thing. When you're like, hey, why are you after me? You, I'm not after you. Grabs Tiana and jumps into his awesome vehicle that is like, looks like a dragonfly to me. And it's funny because as a kid, I had this toy that looked like that. And I've desperately tried to figure out what this thing was. I've talked to people about this. It was probably like mid 80s type deal that I really liked this thing I got for Christmas one year. I, I couldn't figure it out, but it did look like that. And he gets her in. And one of the things I wanted to make sure, and I'm glad that the art is detailed enough that when he does fly off, if you look in, he does have Tiana bound and even with the mask over. I was afraid, okay, this is just, you know, her grandfather trying to get her back or something or, or teach her a lesson, but it doesn't look like that. They don't know, and, and Taskmaster isn't going to give up who he is working for. In a last desperation attempt, Miles does, you know, web up to and connect to the, the vehicle, and Taskmaster ends up grabbing the web and cutting it, so Miles is just left there, hurt and bleeding. He ends up where blood's coming out of his shoulder, where you got the shredding of the new outfit. He's going to need a little stitches, him and the outfit. And then he's like, Tiana, as, as the ship goes off. So we end up with a pretty much balls to the wall fight issue where in this book, I guess that you need these occasionally anyway, because a lot of times the the issues deal, it even says at the beginning, brother, son, friend, all that stuff, which I love. That's why I like Miles. That's why I like Salomon the Meds Miles. That's why I like Miss Marvel as well. That got canceled. Maybe he's like, well, I, I got to add some action in this as well. So you get a full out action feel. But after that little 17 issue story that wasn't much into this, I need more. And the next next chapter, next issue, the cover, at least where you see at the end, looks like another big fight with Taskmaster. And I hope that we get a little more of that. I, I want shift. I want some of the things I still like this, but it's weird. It's almost like. You have the opposite type of book here. In my mind, and this is how I view it because of how I like it. When you have the family stuff, that's like, that excites me. And then somehow you get the fight, you know, every panel of fight with Taskmaster. This is what I consider the cool down. Like, okay, you know, have your fights, get that in for people and then get back. But yeah, I need to see shift. I need to see something more. Than just this little mini thing of Oh let me grab Tiana Oh Taskmaster and all that So overall I'm going to go 7 out of 10 I still like it I just I need a little more I hope we get a little more next issue But we'll move on to the next book Okay and we're going to end on the Big Al Ewing book Yes I mean Gamma Flight number 5 Oh my Gamma Flight Gamma Flight part 5 of 5 Written by Al Ewing and Crystal Frazier Art by Lam Medina Colors by Antonio Fabella Letters and designer of VCs Joe Sabino Gamma Flight is on the run after disobeying orders To deliver the Hulk to the government When a new Gamma Mutate Dion A.K.A. Stockpile started rampaging In Texas, Gamma Flight managed to Talk her down, but then Scar the son of the Hulk attacked. While getting Dion To safety, the team learned how the people Of a small town had been transformed into Gamma Monsters by a shady organization Selling a brain slash body supplement Called Fortify we find out how awful that is because it ends up being gamma tapeworms that they were given. Oh, my, that sounds really it's a good weight loss plan, I guess. 
Gamma Flight has attacked the base of those responsible for the town takeover, Dr. Alba and the resurrected abomination, so that they can use Alba's Cathexis Ray to revert the town people to normal. While half the team face off against Scar and a squad of Gamma Troopers, Charlene, Samson, and Crusher have found the Cathexis Ray only for it to explode literally right in their faces. And that is the deal here and what you're going to try to do. And it's funny, too, because this is a five-issue mini. It is connected so much into the Immortal Hulk. You end up the Immortal Hulk ends this week with it. And part of this book's function, at one point I thought, was you end up where Immortal Hulk's coming out twice twice a month. And then you kind of dial back. We're going to end at 50. Let's let this stretch a little. Let's go. So then this book starts coming out. So you still have those two Immortal Hulk-esque books coming out, one being Gamma Flight, the other being the Immortal Hulk proper. And now at the end of this, this is going to try to reset some things to take the load off of the Immortal Hulk. The Immortal Hulk's going to do its story there. It's going to end this 50 issues. And then this will end up kind of setting some things up for later, but also reverting. And one of the big things is Rick Jones and Del Fry, the combo deal of them. Something that that has to be reset. They're a monstrosity. And so you do get that at the end. You do still have the abomination out and about. You end up saving the town, all this stuff going on. And in that, and even have Scar there just walking around with Gamma Flight at the end. There's weird things at the end of this. It kind of just ends very abruptly. At one point when we get to it, you just have Abomination go, yeah, I'm going to remember you guys and just leave. Nobody even really has a lot to say about the Abomination after he does leave. They're all high-fiving each other. The Gamma Town that gets cured gets cured with that explosion that we had last issue. And then really all this is is you know a fight, a bunch of fights here. Just to get to it, and we'll go through quick. Like I said, this explosion that they had in the bottom of the lab, where we didn't know, oh my God, is this the end of, you know, Carl Crusher Creel and Doc Sasquatch and Charlene McGowan? It isn't. But the explosion ends up with this Cathexis ray, ends up going up above to the town, and it does cure all the people of the whole Gamma zombie deal that they have. In a horrific scene, they are just throwing up Gamma tapeworms. Disgusting. And so while that's going on, you do end up having the rest of the team fighting Scar, the son of Hulk. And it, it does come down to Dion, who ended up being duped, and you end up having the Abomination assume her father's you know, face, she keeps saying, and memories and things like that, where it does come down to her saying, we both have daddy issues. Why don't we resolve them together? Scar, just why should I join with you? I'm just going to beat the crap out of you. I'm a number one. And then finally, Dion kind of uses some, you know, psychology bit and says, well, if you don't take down Abomination, he's going to keep making these gamma mutates. Eventually, they're going to make it. You're going to have to fight them. You're going to have to end up where you might not be a number one anymore. And that's what Scar, you know, is all about and says, okay, you got me. And it it feels really forced, the idea of just flip-flopping over. Let's go take care of Abomination, where they do go down into the basement. And we do see that they survive. McGowan, you end up Samson, they end up surviving. And luckily, for at least Del Fry and Rick Jones, 
Creel, he absorbed the cathexis ray. So he's like the living embodiment of this. We've seen him do this a bunch, you know, with the teleportation and stuff. So now he's the ray, but he, he can't concentrate enough. He only has one shot. That felt a little forced, too. But the one shot they kind of set up, let's take it on the abomination. We, we can get done with him. I mean, this is huge. We can end up ending the abomination, finally separating man from gamma and that sort of thing. As, like I said, up above in the town, everybody's throwing up gamma tapeworms. Disgusting. But you do then have Team Blonsky come down. Team Abomination says, hey, we're going to fight. And so you have a, you just have a big fight. You end up having the Abomination just grab, grab Samson and slam him faceplant right in the, the ground. And then Creel ends up, you know, I'm going to shoot you with the Texas Ray. And like, yeah, go ahead. I, I love that. You're going to shoot me. I'm just going to get stronger. It does put that seed of doubt in if that Ray would do that to the abomination. While that's happening on Dr. Alba faces off with Dr. McGowan. They're running around. You have Dr. Alba with a gun that's shooting at Dr. McGowan who runs, but then ends up at the last second as she's about to be shot. She translocates Dr. Alba's shot to pretty much if you played the game Portal. Portals this thing right behind Alba and it hits her in the back. She's done. McGowan picks up the gun. And really, by the end, the force idea of this is, well, this gun must do something against the abomination because Alba would have had some gun that would do something against the abomination. Such a force way to go because with that, abomination is just ripping through. Scar, Creo, Samson, just going through them. And then finally Creel goes and he can take the shot because even you have uh, you have Abomination take down Stockpile, but she's able to then blind him. Scar comes. They're just trying to get a shot or at least a, you know, push him, get him set up so that Creel can take the shot with the Cathexis Ray. And he does, but he doesn't shoot Abomination. The big shot that he can get, he doesn't. He ends up shooting kind of under the armpit. Of a, really, you know, risking the idea that he may have accidentally hit Abomination because what he's doing behind Abomination is that monstrosity of Rick Jones and Del Fry. He separates him right before he goes to shoot. McGowan says, This separates man from Gamma, separates man from okay, and then separates Rick Jones and Del Fry. So they are separate. That was a big thing. That you really did have to have worked out before the end of all the stuff with the Immortal Hulk in this. And it does. You end up having Delphi still, you know, he's the gamma part of it, still is a monstrosity himself. But, you know, sexy Rick Jones in his jeans and no shirt. Though, at that point, Abomination picks him up and says, oh, you know, Creel, you stupid idiot. You help people out when you had the shot. You could have taken me down. But instead... You help your friends. I'm just going to pop the head right here of Rick Jones. Just picks him up, you know, by the the head. I'm going to pop his head like a grape. And that's where you have Charlie McGowan, Dr. McGowan, shoot this gun. It hits the arm of Abomination. He goes, ah, drops Rick Jones. It's smoking a little and he's rubbing it. But it didn't really do much that you can tell. And he goes, oh, I'm going to remember you now, McGowan. And just leaps up through the ceiling. Like, really? That's the end of the abomination? All this mini has been leading up to this confrontation. And at the end, you just kind of shoot him. 
how did you know Alba's gun would stop him? Samson asked. And then McGowan says, she's too smart to carry a weapon that couldn't. That That's the explanation. Now, while that's going on, she even says, and I'm saying Alba, as she's shooting at McGowan, says, oh, I haven't even turned it up. I haven't turned it up to the full. Like, I, I would guess that it turns up like Spinal Tap to 11. Uh, she She's like, I don't even have it. It's pretty much Princess Leia set to stun. But you didn't see McGowan adjust anything or do anything. And the thing mainly just was like a minor, you know, almost like, oh, that hurt a little just to drop Rick Jones and then jump. I think he could have just taken everybody out now. You already knew because Creel has turned back to human. He's not the Cathexis right now. And the abomination's been ripping through everyone. But then he's like, I'm out of here. I gotta go. I got, I got things to do. And, and my elbow kind of hurts. A little tennis elbow, a little laser gun elbow I got. So, eh, I'll smell you later. And he just goes and everybody looks at him and then, like, all right, like, yeah, yeah, abomination. But that's not our problem. That's somebody else's problem as they go up to the town, see that everybody has been cured. Probably a lot of gamma tapeworm just laying around awful in the streets. And then, like, oh man, you know, what are we going to do? You know, should we keep going as Gamma Flag? Should we say, oh, no, you know, Guy Rich, he's going to be showing up with the Hulkbusters in 20 minutes. And then even then, Puck goes, oh, I think we can make a deal there. Oh, really? And then he says, unless he wants the world to know rogue government agency, you're going to make a deal now, are you? Off panel after the thing ends. It's kind of it's kind of a disappointing ending. Everything gets forced into it. But. You know, you end up stockpile. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to work in the lab, see if I can bring my dad back. You know, this is the place where he kind of was. So maybe I'll be able to do that, even though you end up having an abomination go off somewhere. But you end up having then Del Fry like, yeah, I think I'm going to stay and help. I don't have a degree, but boy, I can talk to people. Oh, really? Can you? And then, hey, Rick, what are you going to do? Rick's probably like, eh, I'm going to go, you know, play the harmonica again. Maybe I can get somebody else gammed up with that harmonica. But he says, hey, I'm going to get going. I need some space. Then he goes over to Creel and says, hey, Crusher, Carl, I don't know what to say. Thank you very much. You helped me. And and Carl goes, no, no, no. It wasn't for you, Jones. It was for Dell. We end up choosing this life. We already did our things. Our bet is made. But his life just started. He doesn't deserve this. Now, with that, he's still just a you know, living gamma thing. It's not like this ended up. All this did was get rid of the Rick Jones vestigial twin weird neckhead thing. But he's still what he is. And I, I wonder why they didn't say at the end, like, well, we're going to really work to try to, to help you, Bear Dell. It's just like, all right, let's get going. I can talk to people. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go. The end. And yeah, they're going to get out of there or make a deal or maybe go track down the abomination or maybe do experiments. I don't know because it just kind of abruptly ends. And I, I liked it enough. I like this mini series enough. I mean, I, I'm going to give this ending uh, the art I do like, but I'm going to give it a seven five for the abruptness and all that. But overall, I think seven five to an eight for this mini series. It, it was good enough for what it was. I like the characters. I like the Gamma Flight team. I'm glad that that monstrosity, Dell and Rick are separated, so I'll go with that. But Abomination just going off, and at the end, everybody's talking about what they're going to do. And I, I just wonder, Scar, like he's in the background just walking around. And I wonder if he feels like that that new kid in school 
where everybody knows each other. Everybody's talking about their plans for the weekend. He's just kind of there hoping somebody mentions them. Like, hey, what are you doing, Scar? You want to come to the kegger? Do you? And he's like, no, no, I don't drink. My dad would be mad. He wouldn't, but yeah, so that ends it. So that is it. Yeah, 7-5 for this. And that is the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And thanks for listening. If you are listening and do enjoy it and you're listening to somewhere where you can subscribe and rate and review, that'd be great if you could do that. Also go to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics and then go over to our Patreon, patreon.com to help support the stuff we do here and get plenty of shows, plenty of shows that end up taking up my time. And then that's why sometimes this is delayed a bit. I am really, really working hard to get a full out schedule down, but I won't skip any week. So if things come up and you're like, hey, it's usually at this point and it's not, it will be coming there like Christmas, right? But yeah, hey, everybody, thanks. And I will talk to you later.